Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast. Man, I am your host as usual. And today, we're going to be getting into, hey, some more discussion points, baby. We're going to be talking about the top five challenges of facing humanity today. So first and foremost, if you guys hear a lot of background noise, you might hear a little bit of an echo. It's because I am doing this in a different place now. Uh, because I'm up country for a lot of the time and I will be probably for like the next month or so. Uh, I'm not in the confines of my beautiful condo out there in Bangkok. However, I do not miss that condo. I I do not miss Bangkok. It's just I kind of miss my condo. But nonetheless, man, there's a lot of background noise because there's a massive storm outside, but I'm loving the rain. I love the fact that I live right down the street and I'm not going to get stuck in traffic for two hours. So let's get into this. Number one, the lack of fresh water. Okay, which is really weird. Okay, I I don't really understand this at all. So let me let me break it down. Globally, the agricultural sector consumes over 70% of the planet's accessible fresh water. Okay, now 70%. Now what happens if you take some of this salty ocean water and put it into the agricultural sector? What would happen? Is, you know, are the, uh, you know, is something going to happen to the roots? Are the roots going to become, you know, deformed or this or that, whatever it may be? Is it going to be polluting the food that's actually going to be blossoming up for us? If not, you know what's so funny? Again, with these polar ice caps that are melting, apparently that's a lot of the fresh water that's going into this very, very salty seawater. And out of the last 100 years, What I find so interesting is that we've been able to put apparently a man on the moon. I still don't know if that's true or anything. You know, I, I, you know, I just don't understand that whatsoever. Um, you know, we've been able to develop these space stations and people stay in these space stations well above earth. We've been able to fly people from one side of the planet to the other. We built some of the fastest planes. America builds some of the most significant bombers because they just love funding the military and they love wars. I'm not going to make this all political or anything, but again, you build all these things, but yet we have not built a water filtration set, like a a system that can purify water. These wildfires that ran rampant all over Australia, the wildfires that are happening in Amazon, the wildfires that happen every single year in California, which has been happening for the longest, They just want to publicize it and make it even worse every year as the years go on. You have yet to like, okay, we have so much water on this planet. Guys, we have, oh my God, I can't even fathom the amount of water that we have on this planet. How come we haven't developed like sprinkler systems that kind of brings and irrigates some of that water from the sea into these areas that are prone to fires? Nope. Let's not put money, let's not fund money on that, but let's continue like building these human killing machines. So again, fresh water, guys, I'm pretty sure I could take a bucket of that water in the ocean. I don't know how much of it I could make it fresh by putting it into some kind of machine, but bet your ass I'll be able to make some of it fresh. So again, fresh water, lack of fresh water, I think these are excuses, excuses, excuses. By the time we don't have, oh, let's say, oh my God, we won't have any more fresh water. So, okay, let, let, let's put it into context. The water that we have out here in Thailand, how are they able to make perfect water? Do they just grab fresh water from the, 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 the mountains of the north? 
Of course not. They have systems and that purify some of that water. That's all there is to it. So enough is enough. Enough with the excuses. Now, number two, food production. It is estimated that farmers will have to produce 70% more food by 2050 to meet the demands of the projected 9 billion strong population. However, now they are predicting over the last week or two weeks, they said that the population is going to decrease significantly. So by the year 2050, the population should still be apparently standing around 7 billion, they say. Now, I don't believe this is because COVID, okay, only 600,000, rest in peace, uh, 600,000 people have died and perished from COVID-19. Um, but again, that's not even 0.00% of the population. I could be wrong. I'm not that very good at math. You guys could do that and you guys could tell me. But again, we're going to adapt as we always do. And farmers, okay, uh, name a farmer. Okay, we have vertical farms. Okay, what's a farmer? Okay, we're going to have to figure out, okay, what kind of farmers are these? Are these industrial-aged farmers? Are these farmers who are still picking with their backs and wearing back braces? Like, we're going to adapt as we always do. Number three, invasive technology. They like to coin the phrase invasive technology to make it sound like technology is a bad thing. Um, no technology, listen, we're going to be sending letters to each other. All right, we're going to have things called pen pals. It's ridiculous. Okay, but they'd like to coin this phrase because they wrote after this nearly 40% of US jobs are at risk of automation by the early 2030s. Well, you had 30 years to prepare for this. Guys, not even at risk of automation. How about at risk of being laid off? LinkedIn, they just laid off 6% of their, what is it, of their workforce. LinkedIn, the job hunting place, they laid off like 6% of their workforce just recently. Okay, if we look at America, 45% of Americans are unemployed. And guess what? All those unemployed jobs, are, the, are they considered assets in that company? No. How many of those jobs, okay, out of that 45 million are at risk of being automated? Let's go. Now, I still don't know if America is going to have manless uh, stores and stuff like that, just as what they're building out there in, uh, in China and have already in China. But, I mean, your jobs are at risk. Whoever's working in the auto industry and put these car doors on different things, your job's at risk. You're not an asset. You're working as a machine. You're being told what to do. You do that every single day, and that's the end. Jobs have been lost by hundreds of millions since the 1930s because of automation. And you have the ability to become an asset in whatever realm and field of endeavor it is. But because, again, you want to sit back and think that everything's just going to be okay, hey, your job might be at risk. And when it's gone, don't complain and cry because you knew this for about 20 years. Okay? People working in stores, banking tellers, everything that is made easy for us now, there's another loser on the other end. How about number four? Increasing economic divide. In the 34 member states of OECD, the richest 10% of the population is 9.6 times the income of the poorest 10%. Again, India has a, a ridiculously massive problem. Um, you know, here in Thailand, uh, it's just poorly managed countries. You know what I mean? You know, here in Thailand, 
the poorest people, they're left out killing themselves, unfortunately, because they can't make ends meet and they're over here trying to scour up some food. And the rich people, do they do anything? No, they just care about themselves. Again, but let's look at it from the American perspective. Are you going to have any of those rich people and LeBron James giving back? He's giving back to schools, which is great. There are a few of them. But let's look at, let's say Patrick Mahomes. He just signed a half a billion dollars, but this is just a football contract, right? But again, over the next 10 years, does he really need $500 million? Of course not. What can he really do? with at least, I don't know, X amount of that money. See, if you gave me $500 million right now, do I need that? No. Do I need a stupid card? No. Would I possibly buy a condo to live in? Very, very likely. And I would probably buy some in other countries that are accepting of foreigners also. So probably not Thailand. But anyways, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, I would hurry up and say, how can I distribute and help other individuals? That's the type of mindset I operate on. But again, looking at this statistic, richest 10% earns 9.6 times more. <sighs> and of course, they always say the discrepancy between African-Americans and everyone else in America. I think, what is it? Caucasian households make four times to five times more. But I'm like, well, I mean, just think about it. If you don't know better, you don't know better. So does my, mo my, does my mother know how to make more money? No. But why does she not know how to make more money? Because she doesn't know any better. If she wanted to open herself up to different avenues and ways of earning extra income, she can, but she doesn't. So again, am I going to blame a system? Absolutely not, because I don't fit into that statistic. Why? Because I became an asset. That's it. How about climate change? They said, you know, reducing, I told you guys about climate change with the whole Exxon Mobil, right? Went crazy on them. 40 to 70% emissions are going to go up by 2050, okay? Hey, here it is. Get ready. It's funny, all these big companies that are praising, oh, yeah, we're doing this to help the environment. <laughs> you got PTT out here in Thailand. All gas companies, they're just completely destroying the ecosystems and everything because they're putting their drills very deep into the earth. And then, you know, when they have spills, they destroy, oh my God, who knows how much, how many animals they kill. Marine life is just being completely obliterated. So again, what poses the greatest challenge? Now, invasive technology, no, because you could be the person that creates that technology, right? I always look at it from glass half full rather than glass half empty. Food production, lies. Lack of fresh water, lies. We'll figure it out. Increasing economic divide, there's a way that you can do it, but climate change, absolutely. Because big companies are pumping them out. You know, I told you guys just recently that the Thai government wants to open up another coal plant. I'm like, guys, this isn't Mongolia. No offense to I love you folks out there in Labator, but again, it's very cold out there. And if that's the only way that you can operate and keep yourself warm by like destroying the environment, you got to do what you got to do. But Thailand, it's the hottest freaking cut, one of the hottest places in all of the uh, close to the equator, whatever you want to call it. So what the hell do you want to build a coal plant for and destroy everything out there? We're going to create 100,000 jobs. Wow. Great. Got it. It's ridiculous. Now, which sectors do you think will be most affected by automation? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. Truck drivers, obviously, you already know that trucks are beginning to uh, these driverless trucks are happening. Banks, you know it. Um, travel businesses. I don't know how these tour businesses are 
you know, like recession proof, you got to have a recession proof economy. Guys, I'm one of the luckiest people right now. As I sit here today, I'm waiting for another four hour student. I'm going to have eight hours Saturday, eight hours Sunday, eight hours Monday, eight hours Tuesday, eight hours Wednesday, eight hours, four hours Thursday, because I have to commute back to Bangkok. I am so loaded with work. But guess what? There are a lot of people out there in the world that have lost their jobs. So again, how can you have a recession-proof economy? A lot of travel tour businesses, hotels never would have thought in a million years that, oh my God, the Marriott's going to shut down permanently. Just giving you guys an example. Why? Because they thought they were recession-proof. They really thought they were. Scary, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, what, what would be most affected by all of this? Um, God, it, it is really sad to see these airlines completely collapse. Even, you know, South African Airways and, oh man, just so many. It's a disaster. But at the same time, this is what happens when a pandemic comes, everyone gets scared. It's not gonna get back to normal for two years. So if we're looking at all the five-star airlines, the only couple last ones that might be afloat are, what is it? Singapore, because they have one of the best governments in the world, uh, and probably a couple of others. These ones are just falling flat. So ooh, that was a loud one. I saw that flash too. That was really cool. Anyways, so in saying that, talking about thunder, by the way, in saying that, oh boy, man, when it comes to recessions, guys, I don't know. You know, I got hit hard back in March. Yeah, in March, I was like, oh my God, April. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I got a big visa fee coming up. I haven't been saving for it. And now it's funny because after that whole visa fee and the whole foray, I'm like, okay, Arsenio, every month, just pull aside an X amount of money, put it in the bank and just keep that account for your big, massive visa fee. So come next year, if another pandemic happens, I'm covered, right? Or if another pandemic doesn't cover, I have or that, that uh, I'm sorry, another pandemic that doesn't come, I have money for a vacation or I have money to move out of Thailand. There are a number of different things. You gotta create a recession-proof economy around you. That's what it comes down to. So what practical measures could be implemented to address the growing economic divide? You know, economic divide, you know, I'm not an economist. But even with taxes, like if you say, oh, I pay taxes, okay, and where do those taxes go? They go into the wrong pockets out here. So if you pay taxes, 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 do you actually see where your money's going? Like when you pay that tax, do they say at the end of the year, hey, you know, with your money, we were able to build this, this aqueduct and this, this dam for these people so their villages don't flood anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know about this, but again, if you have the uber rich, they're all tax deductible. They don't have to pay a damn thing. All these private companies here in Thailand, King Power, PTT, Central Group, they don't pay taxes. They pay someone else to shh. That's how it is. Now in America, I don't know. I do not know. But I can only tell you from a perspective that, you know, where, you know, whereas I've been living in, the past seven and a half years. Um, but as an individual, I'm not an economist, I'm not political, you guys can get into all that, all these policies, nothing's ever gonna pass. 
can only control you and what's in your possession. That's what it comes down to, people. So how can you create right now? How can you begin to create a recession-proof economy that can protect you, your family, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it may be? in the midst of another pandemic, because right now, if you're still listening to this podcast and you're listening to my voice right now, you have survived and withered the crazy storm, depending on what country you're in. If you're in Somalia, you're doing probably pretty good. If you're in Vietnam, Taiwan, you're already back to work as usual. Thailand, they're back to work, although things will begin to erupt again. And if they shut down again, are you protected? That's what you have to keep in mind, people. So I'm telling you and urging you right now, me, this is what, at the end, I'm guessing I'm going to upload this probably at the end of July. Um, next month, I have a presentation at BIDC. And you know what I'm going to be talking about? How you can maximize your e-learning, pro uh, e-learning product online. So guys, in saying that, people who don't know this, they're not able to do a presentation such as what I'm doing. This is called becoming an asset. It's kind of like my job right now. I got another student coming up. I teach something called TOEFL ITP. There are not many teachers in Bangkok that teach these types of things. They just sit at government schools. They open up a very bad book and they just sit there while their students go crazy batshit in class. They are not assets. So did they have recession proof jobs? Unless you were working at an international school you don't have a recession-proof job out here. And you were probably left. I heard, you know, I worked with a guy. He said, oh, they didn't pay me my last month because of the COVID. I'm like, they should still pay you. You are on contract. So March, April, May, June, July, no money for him. So guys, can you afford that? Just think about it. If it wasn't for these women here right now, who have given me this amazing opportunity and I've known them for the last three, four years, I would be back in Bangkok just twiddling my fingers trying to figure things out. Uh-uh, I'm not gonna sit there, I'm not a waiter. I'm a go-getter. You've gotta become a go-getter and you've gotta learn things that other people don't know how to do. That big conference that's coming up, you know, that one and a half hours of speaking, I'm gonna get maybe 500 to 1,000 US dollars. So speaking for an hour to an hour and a half. Now, does the money matter? No, because I'm speaking in my passion. But that just goes to show you, damn. Well, if he didn't know, learn about this and do this and learn this and do this and do that, he wouldn't be in this position. Exactly. So the more you learn, the more you earn. Don't be a statistic. That's what I'm urging everyone to do today. So with that being said, guys, we got a lot of discussions we're going to be getting into. So you better stay tuned. Over and out.